Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. to boldly watch the show where we watch Star Trek and then talk about it. This is episode 406, Legacy. Legacy. Jake, I told you I didn't want to talk today. Uh, Xander and I both confidently started with a soft hey, and then you led right into it. It was great. I waited. Wait, who are you? Uh, you're some your friend's sister. <laughs> well, we'll get a Rebecca DNA Scott. test to see. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's me. right. Uh, I'm Jake Michaels. Oh, I'm Xander Shonnery. There we did you it. We're talking okay. about introducing the podcast. <laughs> this was part of the regime regime change that you instituted. Yes. Yeah. Do you have Do you have the spiel? No. Okay, well, thank you so much for being a supporter of this podcast. If you want to be doubly, triply supportive, you can go to patreon.com slash goodtimesociety and support all the things that we do. And uh, if you're watching this video right now, that means you already are a patron and hey. we love you more than anyone else. Good oh, job. <laughs> yeah. Except, oh. Except, our, except our spouses. <laughs> In each All other. Right. I'm just going to die alone. I mean, it's like equal. It's equal. <laughs> no, I meant, I meant uh-huh. you're. Um... I know what you meant. <laughs> Until pillows can be legally spouses. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Bonnie Gordon, who guested hey. our own, one and only guest we've you ever had on this podcast. Star Trek's Bonnie Gordon, the voice of the computer on Star Trek That's Prodigy. So which you can you live with someone who I guess will probably be in memory. Is she in memory alpha yet? I don't know. Probably. I'm going to look her up. You can watch the first two episodes of Star Trek Prodigy on Paramount Plus. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you should. Good plug. Good plug. And apparently she has said this is exclusive that the computer voices featured a lot in the third episode. Maybe. Allegedly. Ooh. Ooh, Inside info. Oh my God. You're going to get sued for breaking that NDA. (laughs) Not me. I didn't sign shit. By the time (laughs) this comes out, that episode's probably out. How many episodes are out now? Two. Okay. Great. So yeah, so, so. Yeah. there we go. Yeah, you're saying public knowledge. Yeah, in our timeline, it comes out tomorrow, but in your timeline, it's been out. Got it. Your timeline is so cool. It is. <laughs> What's the future like? I don't know, but I'd like to know about the past, Ooh. specifically one's legacy, specifically the legacy of a security officer I don't care for, but certainly care for her sister. Wow. That's right. It's legacy. Uh, the survivors of a doomed freighter crash land on Turkana 4, Tashiar's homeworld. Hmm. When we get to meet Tashiar's younger sister, Ashara. Mm-hmm. But before that, we revisit a different legacy, a return to poker. <laughs> Ooh, baby. When was the last time either of you played poker? I don't, I haven't. I, 2014, really? Thanksgiving, sitting on a bed in a hotel room, playing with my cousin Hannah, not pronounced Hannah, but spelled oh. the same. <laughs> this is a very vivid and specific memory. Yeah, you really nailed that answer. 
Yeah. Well, what about you, Jake? Yeah. Well, actually, I was going to say I hadn't played uh, since college, but just recently, one of our editors at Good Time Society, Garrett Johnson, invited me to a poker night, and I played for the first time in like 15 years. Whoa, oh, wow. did you wear a neon visor? I did you did play not. strip poker and everything was revealed? I was the only one that played strip poker, and that's why I left early, because sure. everybody was really uncomfortable. Um, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did okay, but man, I am terrible at bluffing. Uh, everybody knows that I am uh. bluffing. I've lost, I lost on all you my You do a blockings. smirk. Yeah. Uh, your smirk is quite obvious. Oh, yeah. yeah. But now <laughs> this is where you play to your advantage, right? Because mm. now you can use that and right. uh, bluff when you're not bluffing. Exactly. So the old double bluff where I smirk there when I do anything, right? And that actually yeah. did work out for me enough times. So it was just a smirk fest for me, which, I mean, I'm going full circle here. So I still have to figure out a good way to bluff efficiently. But. Hold mm. on. But you're so good at the game Skull, which is essentially just poker. I, I am okay at it. I think where my it, for those of you who haven't played Skull, please do. It's like dice poker, but with skulls. Um, with uh, <laughs> with drink coasters. With drink coasters. Oh. Yeah. You have two things to bet with. But part of that is Four. also reading other people and also mm-hmm. figuring out statistics a little bit. And there's less cards in Skull than there are in poker, so I have a little bit better of a chance. Are you at counting that. cards? I mean, you got to try. You got. No, you don't. <laughs> One deck, I mean, like uh, how many aces are out there still? Kind of question. Okay, <laughs> so don't take Jake or Data to the Magic Castle because they'll ruin everything. <laughs> Wait, you said oh, you haven't boy. played at all, Xander? Not really. I mean, I don't. Re- I've played like blackjack, but mm-hmm. I haven't sat down and played poker because I don't know. We need to have we a people to watch poker night. Poker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But we'll do it in cosplay so it feels like it's related to the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear my uniform <laughs> and my visor. I loved that we got to uh, not only have a little bit of a bluff situation, but then a magic trick from Riker. What's right? <laughs> and Data was not having it. No. He was, he was that audience member. Is like, yeah. I know how you did it and I'm going to explain it to everyone and you're a failure. <laughs> oh, so they, they went all or nothing in the poker game and Riker's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to find your card and then I get all the chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course the trick is exposed through microscopic eye movements and, and <laughs> detection of things not perceivable by the human eye. And then I love the moment when data's like, so given the circumstances, I believe this is mine and pulls the whole <laughs> pile of poker chips towards him. So classic. Good. Yeah, I think you could really tell with this season too. They've stepped up their set and lighting game because this looks way different than like the poker scenes we've seen in the past. It has dynamic lighting. There are a lot of camera changes. It looks really good. Yeah, man, really- we're so Stockholm syndromed in this show to expect like, wow, they have different camera angles. <laughs> no. You mean we're held hostage by previous poor production choices? Is that what you're saying by Stockholm's? (laughs) That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes sense. I liked it better when they didn't have these fancy lights. Yeah. Here's what they did better in season four that they didn't always do in season two is they tied it into the episode very nicely, right? Because there's some deception that comes up. This one I watched with the hubs and he was like, don't trust her. She's She's bad. I know it. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's so much better than previous Yars we've encountered. (laughs) And he was like, do you remember how the episode opened? (laughs) Whoa, he sensed it before. Very nice. Good job, David. Script analysis. He he good at (laughs) description. Also, yeah, she's too hot to be trusted, right? 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't trust hot women. Mm-hmm. Whoa, wow. Well, They're layers. Destroy them. <laughs> just coming at you with that very slight vocal fry, too. I don't remember her. Like I, So I remember her from my childhood visually. I don't remember what she had sounded like. And these leather jackets just make her seem, them all seem badass, her whole faction mm-hmm. down, on the, down on the planet. Universal symbol of badassery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so in case you're confused, we come close to uh, the planet where Tasha came from, encountering her sister through roundabout circumstances. Uh, but basically, she's hot and cool, and she wears <laughs> cool clothing. And I love the silhouette that they gave her with this, like, uh, the leather outfit, because it had, like, shoulder pads that, like, went cinched in, but yeah. then came out to, like, a harem pant. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very like that period of the 90s where they kind of they almost did like a 40s kind of look with the pants a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and her hair was very reminiscent to Tasha's as if it like grown out because there was the two tone sort of like balayage thing happening. I was like, is this like future mullet in some way, like hot mullet because it. of how long I know in a positive way. I was like, yeah. this actually the way it is short in the front, but long in the back works in such a unconventional way. I like it. Not everyone can pull this off. No. That's and true. that's what happens when you grow out Tasha Yar's old haircut right. as someone who's had that short of hair. Yes. And, uh, yeah. The, the back of your I head is lower. <laughs> <laughs> and will grow fat or will seem to grow faster. The back will get longer before the front does. Because Physics, I guess. Because physics. So the let's see what the the Enterprise is on its way to like go find this freighter that has a distress call out, and when they get there, it blows up, and they have the classic "Did we beam them out in time?" And interestingly, they're not actually sure if anybody survived, but they see like a trace of an ion trail or something that went down to the planet. And mm-hmm. Tarkana Four, as we remember, is not only where Tasha's from, but it's kind of a chaos world. It's the in terms source of, like... of rape games. <laughs> Every, that's the only descriptor we ever hear. I was gonna try and make a new one about lawlessness, but we got right to the rape gangs. Thank you. You know what? Don't lollygag around it. All right, fine. Okay, so wait, I have this weird piece of like Trek knowledge that just happened uh like I think this morning or yesterday Denise Crosby the actress who played Tasha Yar tweeted out uh I'm doing a thing and I know the Trek family can help me what was the episode that I was running from the rape gangs da 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 on the home planet and there was like a billion replies Four. Like, it was this specific episode and this scene and I was like I'm so proud of everyone <laughs> that this actress is just like, is like, I know who I can ask. <laughs> she didn't have time to look for it. I mean, if you asked Star Trek Twitter a question about, you know, the past, they've got the answer for sure. Yeah. And then it just evolved into like them appreciating her work and their, where she's like popped up in other things. So oh, it's just amazing. Good thing I didn't see this thread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of Twitter. That's, right. the, well, that's the good side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trek Twitter's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, they go to the planet, uh, nice place, wouldn't want to live there. It's different than what they were expecting. Well, right. right. So, like, the government is really destabilized. There's kind of a, Uh, uh, uh. right? Here's what happened. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. There was a government and, Mm -hmm. like, 13 different factions all at war. Why are they so angry? Nobody knows. But (laughs) war happened, and the government was like, two strongest factions, we choose you. We're going to put implants in you so you can't go in each other's territory, and you're in charge of handling the other rape gangs. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't incorporate rape gangs into the government structure. And then the the two factions were like, you know what, government? Fuck you. (laughs) 
and then it was just the two factions left but they have these implants so they can't cross over into each other's territory but then for some reason it seems like they keep putting the implants into new recruits even after the government is gone that part don't make no sense so it feels like there so there's the alliance and the coalition it feels like the alliance is kind of in control a little more and the coalition and a little more rebels but we don't really see the alliance at all right am i remembering this correctly well yeah because that's the only perspective that we have right because they beam down into the one area that they can and that happens to be i think the alliance territory right or no it was the coalition no coalition is yar they're the same um, alliance, yeah, they're it's they're the okay, sneeches, they're the star-bellied sneeches and the yeah. no star-bellied sneeches. <laughs> the leather jackets and the uh, felt jackets. and the denim, yeah, yeah. right, right. Felt, <laughs> yeah. Hey, the style in Tarkana is not great. I will say I would rather be on the Alliance because um, in the first scene, there's two scenes where they intrude on Alliance territory. First, to like. Uh, get the tracking device off the shuttle that crash landed and the second time is to get in and get the sur- the the federation cadets out they're not cadets whatever the, um, yeah captured crew people captured crew people and they are so supportive in calling to help each other like oh my gosh so <laughs> yar her her beacon goes off when she's in enemy territory and yeah. they're like no this way i'll help you come i'll help you no follow me <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's just a bunch of like loop track actor voices <laughs> and um they're all really supportive and lovely yeah right and that's brought up in contrast uh ishara is like i'm not used to this to people being nice and helping each other and things um one moment that i did want to bring up uh, sort of in in the on the way there is that we see crusher standing up for herself uh being a part of the away team because Ooh, yeah. uh, we have okay we these two crew people are maybe alive but we're going to beam down uh, assemble this away team. They may need medical assistance, and Worf is like, Crusher shouldn't go down. It could be dangerous. And she there is are a certain woman. things. Yeah. <laughs> and Crusher's like, What? I can handle myself. What are you talking about? I'm the chief medical officer. Back off. And I'm like, Yeah, you tell him. Yeah. And then nothing else is said. Like, Riker's like, Yep, she's coming. We always need a moment for Worf to be shut down for his security right. idea. And we got right. <laughs> But, you know, Worf is the viewer, and this is a challenge to establishment. Yes. Yep. Yes. And it's also mm-hmm. it's also setting the scene that it is dangerous down there, and there are concerns, but, but they're going to pers- persevere, concerns? and she's brave. What do you mean when you say concerns? What are you referring to? <laughs> a destabilized government. There it is. Got it. <laughs> uh, but cool. they beam down to, so they beam down to Alliance territory, because that's where the uh, ship crash landed. But there are coalition people there, uh setting pranks Casually. what are they doing something lame stealing, stealing liquor uh, right? um Synthahol? yeah they're stealing like supplies right because they can't get in deep enough to steal anything good they can only steal things on the outside because of right. all their beacon implants saying you can't cross over this one kind of threw me for a loop everybody's got an et like heart situation where mm-hmm. uh it glows in their chest and it's a proximity to what each other they said it was like to the heart of their uh, uh, their territory or whatever. So the closer they get, the stronger the beacon emits. Oh, it's for them to navigate home? No, it no. is for them to not cross over into en- enemy territory because the mediators of the government initially was like, 
here's how we'll handle you're the two factions that we're going to give control put. to but you are not allowed to attack each other and to make sure that doesn't happen we're going to make it so you can't cross over into each other's territory but they can they do they can to an extent but the closer they get to the the center of the enemy territory the more likely they'll run into people that'll catch them cuz they're emanating this beacon right yeah. and the and the explosion part of it won't happen unless it's tried to be removed take out yeah hmm Okay. Or exposed to air. So I, apparently hey, like a well-aimed shot It's not a perfect solution, also... but it's a pretty good one. You got to admit, hey, instead of having a burglar alarm for you coming into you know, my it. house, I'm going to blow yeah. up the house if it's a, if the burglar opens the door. <laughs> I'm going to have, yeah. I'm going to, in any potential burglar, I will implant a beacon <laughs> that will beep and alert the authorities if they come near me. It was a, a cool effect, though, and it was yes. effective. Um, we could see them really playing with these large set pieces because we do beam down and see uh, the away team on the planet quite a bit. Uh, and there were these huge, like, matte paintings and well, there were there effects. were. So, what do you think they were? I thought they were like kind of narrow corridors, which is why they're always like come with us. They were built us. by the Fremen. <laughs> we are hey. Arrakis. There we go. Yeah, there that we go. Reference. Uh, because there's so much, as Becca said, there's so much. Let's go this way so they can get off camera and then appear in a quote unquote another corridor that is a different direction of the same corridor kind of situation. We actually get to see the labyrinth when there is like a one shot of uh, Yasha like uh, stealthing around. But Ashara, mm -hmm. Ashara thank you uh, for like when yeah. she's stealthing around for like. <laughs> What big? I don't remember any matte paintings. Well, in there. there was the there was like a phaser beam that we do um, to get through like a layer of the planet and yeah. a practical effect of like the ground. That's true. In. We couldn't like uh -huh. beam down. We had to like subterranean beam down or something like that. That the was beam cool can effect. only go down a certain amount of meters, and right. so, so if you want to. Yeah. Interference or something. If you want to beam lower, you got to dig a hole first <laughs> and then phaser beam drill. down. Yeah. 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 So we get down there. We, uh, I guess we go with the coalition to be safe because we know that the alliance is, uh, we're not really supposed to be here. Um, but they will take the, uh, the crew away into safety. And then we meet the leader of the coalition, Hain, I believe is his name. It's and another like Okona type, like yeah. roguish figure. Yeah. And he's dressed like one. And it's actually, he and, uh, Ashara are kind of dressed like the same. Like even their hair is pretty similar. Mm -hmm. I like their, I like their style. He claims that he's, like, trying to find peace. But as Picard later tells us, he's like, yeah, coalition, alliance. It all sounds so nice and cooperative. But they're all just <laughs> fighting with Baloney. each other and stealing. Yeah. <laughs> but be he explains the proximity detector stuff apparently better than I understood it. And, <laughs> uh, like, we're pretty much at a standstill because we know that the prisoners are over in alliance territory and they'll probably be tortured and killed at least according to what Haynes says right we see him openly like change his tactics he's testing what works against these starfleet officers and then finally finds an angle of like keeps mentioning peace and we want to do this that give us weapons to keep the peace don't give our enemies weapons like he's going for an angle and it's pretty well done you can see the the pattern of it right and he, he wants to know how the crew is so familiar with the issues of Tarkana 4. And it's either Crusher or Data who says, oh, one of our crew members was from here. I think it was Riker, right? R or it was maybe one it was of them. Data. And, yeah. But I love, I love it when he's like, who was he? And they're like, she. Yeah, another point. Was Tasha A here. crewman. Yeah, it's interesting the linguistics and how they've changed. Like, I wouldn't want to be called a crew, a crew Did they person. say a crewman? Crewman. And oh, then who that. was he? she 
yeah. in the interchange with data. Well, I yeah. think this is like a progressive moment for them to just be like, you assume it was a male. Right. And let us point out. But yeah, crewman, I guess, stayed in there. But maybe that's also a gender neutral term in the 24th century. I'm fine. I prefer gender. Let's have one. I'm an actor. Let's keep it simple, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It comes in later, too, when we uh, visit Janeway, who prefers to be called Sir as just a gender neutral. Oh, uh, I didn't know captaincy. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that part. Can't wait for Janeway. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be a while. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm just going to go there on my own. Thank you. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, Hain uh, gives them a bottle of uh, this booze. Uh, ter- no one wants. Terudian synthol or something like that. And, yeah, uh, it's non-replicated synthol. Yeah, like, boring. <laughs> Ugh, yuck. I hate the times I've tried that. <laughs> they uh, give it to give it to their captain. Picard smells it and is like, all right, I don't know what we're exactly going to do here. But while they're thinking about it, they get a call from Hain and they're introduced to Ashara Yar. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, and she's just and uh, has a hairstyle just like him, <laughs> but it's much hotter. Uh, and yeah, there's a revelation that it's Tasha Yar's sister, which everybody gets a, a commercial break for. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. And of course, um, Troy is the most adept person in this episode that no one listens to. Right. And some people bring up, how do we know this is actually the sister? Like, we'll need to check in on that. This is he. Did five tactics in the time we were speaking to their leader down there. <laughs> hmm. Well, and to to sort of generalize that, Troy in the episode almost comes across as very harsh uh, because she's the one that's like, mm, I don't trust anything that she's saying, really. Like, uh, yeah, she's her sister, but let's not trust her. And it's like, ooh, okay, because everyone else is so gung-ho of like, let's welcome her on as part of the crew and she wants to be part of Starfleet. And Troy is just sitting there as like the, the wet... Rop, mop or whatever like no. <laughs> well she's the voice yeah. of skepticism which we always kind of need to have because whenever and we importantly, get importantly the... she's right yeah well yeah <laughs> which we don't know yet but you're right, right. and like the, the whenever we get the council together right any of the mm. the officers for there there's always got to be different sides so we can bounce the ball off of different ideas so they decide to give her a dna test which is going to take several hours and in the meantime we're going to like get reactions to her meeting the crew, including most notably Data, right? Mm. Because Data had a relationship with Yar. And well, they had conversations. Conversations. Yeah. Uh, there was no wink when Data says we had conversations. But we all remember, was it episode three of the whole series where everybody gets bit by the love bug and Tasha, Yar, and Data hook up oh, while yeah. she's wearing some exotic belly dancing wear it was it was the second episode of the first season it was so quick we immediately got to sexy episodes that was classic uh, uh, original series style <laughs> yeah like from what i know and right, have right. been told context clues that's the level of like and then they want to fuck the aliens <laughs> it might be a family trait because these yars have it in for data <laughs> Well, at first, she's uh, she's kind of dismissive of Tasha's memory, right? Because she thought yeah. she was abandoned, and Data corrects her and says, well, she's not a coward because I saw her personally. Or actually, Picard mentions a story, but, like, she served as an officer moments, here, yeah. right? Um, so forced. Can I just say? <laughs> really? <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart, but this speech, after the first mission down, there of the two missions, mm. um, and... The other Yar Yashara breaks some ribs. Picard comes in and is like, "How you doing?" And she talks shit on her dead sister. And Picard <laughs> says, "No, let me tell you a story. I 
met her and she was saving people and I said she'll be on my crew and that <laughs> is why <laughs> she's the dopest of sisters and it was like wow we got nothing her character was so one dimensional and she was played that way too and it doesn't make sense that your sister would be the best actor you've ever had on the show she didn't say the best actor <laughs> No, no, the no, one I'm saying, I'm saying would... go ahead, sorry. I'll get to this because this is not the example. There are more examples, but the woman who plays Zishara is the best actor they've ever had on the show, period. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, the one dimension that you that Tasha has was bravery, right? And somewhat selflessness in, in the line of duty. So, OK, I guess when I say one dimension, what I mean is zero dimension. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this is the harsh critique of Tasha Yar. You really I don't like Yar. I am a real Troy to Ashara as... Uh, sure. Yeah, Troy to Ashara get... as Becca is to Tasha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, why, uh, but, before we move off of this, why do you love Ashara's acting? The jumpsuit. It, it is uh, <laughs> a level beyond. She takes a script that can sound like a script, and they even give her more dynamic camera angles. I'm thinking specifically when Yashara and Data are talking in 10 forward, and she's saying, here's why my sister abandoned me. Here's why uh, I feel like I made the right choice, and I may not have anyone, but I have something to live for. And she means every word of that speech, and it is God damn a master class. Okay, okay great. Could some, yeah. perhaps Ishara have been treated better in the writer's room than Tasha may have been? I don't think so, because as she was saying some of the lines... Because she wasn't eliminated by a goo monster? As she was saying the lines, I was thinking, on the page, that line would not be as good. That's not a great line. It is the way she yeah. delivered it and the, yeah. okay. the, how much she meant it. If you ever... Yeah, I, I, any viewers out there, if you're ever like skeptical of someone's acting go ahead and try saying those lines on your own like it's some true of these actors it's really tough. do a great job with very minimal amounts of information and that's not to slam the writing but sometimes writers are only allowed to get in so much dialogue in these scenes mm -hmm. sometimes when we write exchanges or even when we play rpgs together there are scenes that last for like 20 minutes in case you don't notice these scenes last for 45 seconds to like mm -hmm. three minutes and so there's a lot of things that have to happen in a very short amount of time. So I, I, I applaud you uh, giving her her credit for that. That's that's very true. Yeah. So and to your point, a lot of exposition has to often fit in. And yes. it's like, yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe that when we were children, she said this thing. And it's like, people don't talk like that, but you sound good. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Well, and having Brent Spiner as a scene partner probably didn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, yeah, uh, Data, like, he tries to connect with her a little bit. She provides a lot of exposition about all of the government situation down on the planet and why the Coalition Alliance will never get along and that the, the Alliance is obviously evil because she's on the Coalition side. Mm -hmm. Um and then, let's see, that's when we get the message from one of the hostages, right? Who's like, we're going to be tortured if we don't. Yeah, on the main screen. And then she's like, you better listen to them. That's that's <laughs> real. See, this is where my spider sense started tingling. Yeah. I was like, maybe they're actually have been captured by the coalition, right? Do you think fishy. that's true? Yeah. Yeah. We're wrong, but I mean, that's what right. <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah. Uh, so they've got, what is it, like 24 hours to get them or something like that. And mm -hmm. so uh, LaForge is like, well, I can figure out where they are if I get to their crash land site and there's a beacon that homes yeah. in on their signal and if i can enhance it 
uh, we could go down there and I can maybe track him. And so Riker's like, well, giddy up. Let's go do an away mission. I'm excited. <laughs> yep, yep. Any away mission where I can save a woman in a tight outfit. <laughs> yep. Uh, and notably, she needs to go because she can get them through the labyrinth to where it is because they can't beam down exactly to where that spot is, right? Right. And she knows the no- she has the knowledge and she has to physically be there. She can't tell them or direct them. That is the second time. The first time... Oh. It is so that she can set off the alarm That's because right. of her implant. And that way, it's a misdirect. Oh, They'll yeah. be running through the tunnels in one place her. where Jordy can sneak into the crash-landed shuttle and do the GPS tracking. It's Find you, my phone. Paid attention, yeah. 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 Wow, that memory is alpha. Nice job. Um, ah! <laughs> so, yeah, she uh, provides a distraction and then actually gets into a firefight with um, some of the patrolling Alliance members and Riker and Data decide to go rescue her, right? It's just Riker alone. Just Worf Riker. tries to come and, as a direct order, <laughs> cannot keep Riker company because Riker won't let another Yar die on his away mission. Yep. Good call. And he gets in trouble a little bit for it. Because Picard's like, you let your feelings get you, but good job. <laughs> Slap on the wrist, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I made a note. I was like, that is a, a moment of Picard and Riker showing like masculine care for each other, especially like in that time period. Also, uh, Commander Riker is how Picard addresses him at the beginning of the scene. And in the middle, he calls him Will. Yeah. You know, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. That's actually very true. And it's something that like, he's always calling him number one, right? But in mm. the line of duty. But now it's a little bit like, hey, we can't let another Yar die on our watch. Yeah. Love it. Uh, so as a result of this, this is the broken ribs that Becca mentioned from mm-hmm. uh, the attack uh, where Yar still survives. And Picard comes in and congratulates her. He tells her that story about Tasha being no coward and she was going through a minefield or whatever. And rescued somebody from a distress call. And that's why you need to respect Tasha. And I can't remember. Yeah. Does she buy that? <laughs> she seems fine with it. Yeah, she. I think this is the moment where we can either believe that she's like changing her mentality or putting on a front. Because we do get little hints that there may be something more going on uh, with all of these interactions. And as she gets closer with Data, we also get this little scene of uh, her deciding to leave and, and ultimately getting the implant removed surgically. Uh, and so there are always like these things like, w- w- does she really want to go to the Starfleet right. Academy? Does she really want to leave this behind? And there are even some communications that happen. I, I'm, I'm thinking of when her communicators removed. It makes me think of a really important aspect of this episode, which is Data's journey. Because yes. um, she calls him out and saying, you were friends with my sister. You're, do you even have feelings? Can you have friends? And he says... Well, I don't have feelings, but sometimes even to humans, friendship is a feeling of familiarity. And I definitely had that with Tasha, which is such a beautiful yeah. idea. And then later is referenced yes. when when Ashara turns and he says, I was familiar with her. I loved Ugh. it. I love the <laughs> rumination on that, too, on like what is friendship and what could it be to this person? Yeah, and especially, I mean, this is this is a data like centric idea, but also it's it's one of those redemptions for the writers to be like, uh, we gotta just reference Yar again real quick, <laughs> just to make so, sure yeah. we're we're trying to do our justice, considering we did not do our justice earlier. Right? On. How many episodes are they gonna have to say I'm sorry? <laughs> they have a lot of guilt about it, I think. And honestly. you know what? We're not done. Yeah, we're not Uh-oh. done. <laughs> no. oh, Jesus. Yeah, there will be more. Don't you worry. <laughs> 
uh, but not as hot as this. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, notably, she does make the decision to get this implant removed, and then Crusher's like, "Hey, want to keep it? It'll explode. We should have <laughs> like disabled it, but who knows? That's true. It's not a pacemaker. Like you no. don't want to eject it into space, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, but she doesn't keep it. She no. gives it as a memento to her dear familiar, Data. Mm-hmm. Familiar. Data's got a whole drawer in his desk of Yar keepsakes now. <laughs> Yar tchotchkes. Awesome in there. <laughs> On top of that hollow statue. <laughs> so strange. Please never keep a hollow statue of me. Uh, we get more backstory in 10 forward because apparently there's no rush right now. I guess they're still trying to find the colonists, right? So there's like a, a time delay so we can go have a drink and talk backstory. Isn't that what happens? Yeah. LaForge is like, I need time to figure out exactly where they are. And we need to drill down on the surface again or something. But we do see this happening and Picard mentions it in his log that she's practically a member of the crew now. She's mm-hmm. like everyone's yar replacement. Picard, haven't you learned not to be so fast to trust? Well, yeah, because as soon as we get towards all that trust point, we get a little communication from Hayne, and she's like, everything is going as expected. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Facts. But it's interesting that you bring this up, though, because later on, that does because become the other rumination on what is trust, mm-hmm. and why is it worth it to trust? Uh, what nope. is trust? Mm, well, they, they go through, and... Um, they're saying like when you trust you have to take a chance there's always a chance that the person will betray you but the relationships and the familiarity that you gain is infinitely beneficial whether you get broken or not it kind of differentiates it from like having faith in a person right because trust is built on a relationship that already exists and the evidence that comes from your experiences with them whereas faith is just like well, it it's shifting, <laughs> at least in my perspective, it's shifting the onus because faith in a person, you're trusting that they will do the right thing. Trust is you're doing the right thing and whatever they do, if they betray you, that's on you. You're taking the trust and the risk. If they betray you, that's on you because you've trusted wrongly? Is that what you're saying? That's the risk that you're taking. Mm. Every time that you trust a person, they could betray you. But if you're blindly putting faith into someone... I'm with you. I would right? any day take the opportunity to get betrayed rather than be wary of people. And I think that's good life advice. No matter how many times you get burned, still be willing to trust because that right. and accept love because, hey, you will get burned. Bound to happen. But it's better to have trusted and lost than never to have trusted at all at Shakespeare. As we're about to learn, right? Because we uh, make another attempt to go down to the planet and rescue colonists or the uh, the crew. Not colonists. The crew people. Yeah. Not colonists. Could be male or female when you say that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Correct. Or non-binary. But yeah. Uh, But notably without the implant and armed. Yes. Yeah. So we're going down without the implant because Crusher removes it successfully, as we mentioned. So they dig another, they dig a hole and uh, they beam on down. They're behind the defense lines and they find the hostages. There's a little bit of a fight scene. Hold on. But before this, there's like a slowdown creep through the halls where there is a lot of good physical work uh, from both Ishara and Riker who were really selling me on the creep move, you know? Like, we're gonna walk slow, we're gonna lean forward, and we're gonna move like we're swimming through molasses. (laughs) And that's how you know it's real. 
because they only had like five feet of hall to work with. They're like, make it dramatic and slow. (laughs) As slow as you possibly can. Now, yeah, as you mentioned, then there is some crew fighting stuff. Some phasers are fired. Riker does this really sweet move where he doesn't even look first. He twists from the hips like a Ken doll and <laughs> fires his phaser. Just you no scope. <laughs> There's some cool like phaser work. Data even has like a moment where he has it out and like flips it to put it down. Yeah. It was like, was, like a cool Ooh, Power Ranger move I and I was there that. for it. Yeah, he's reaching to push some buttons and mm-hmm. he does like a, a uh, like a gunslinger yeah, move yeah, with like this phaser. <laughs> uh, this is when Ishara gets separated and goes motherfucking rogue. <laughs> she alerts a guy, like puts herself in his way, shoots him non-lethally, knowing that he will alert people mm-hmm. and get everybody coming because they had snuck in successfully undetected before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? But why? What does she want? What does she want? Well, we find out pretty quickly as she runs to what appears to be a big generator and and actually she shoots it, right? She shoots it first and it pops off and she starts fiddling with it and then Data finds her. The whole thing is it's going to explode, but we can't have it explode right away. We need to have some drama. A uh, timer. <laughs> <laughs> Timers are the best drama and yeah. Data realizes he's been betrayed. You are my friends. We talked about trust. We talked about what you want. You don't even want to join Starfleet? (laughs) Yeah. He's so betrayed. Well, he's betrayed on two levels, right? He's betrayed on terms of the mission, but now he's like, was our friendship not true? And I don't know if she immediately answers that, but she's too frustrated. She's like, I have to kill the Alliance. This is my chance. She doesn't know because that's why it's played so compellingly. Mm -hmm. She is a double crosser but her feelings for data are genuine and you can tell in her performance mm-hmm. that she is conflicted but ever since she was a teenager and her parents were killed and her foster parents abandoned her and her sister and then her sister just left all she had was this group of people and she will die for them but now there is this other element introduced and he's standing right in front of her and she has to make the decision of whether to fire a phaser that she doesn't know won't actually kill him because he's an android. Correct. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, her her phaser is set to kill, right? Yeah, and that's a thing. Notably. So it's not that she'll die for this. She'll kill for this too. But mm. she'll kill Data. No, but she was going to explode. Oh, right. She was going to explode the generator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but both things are true. She was going to kill Data in that process. Yeah. So Riker steps in and distracts her, and then they manage to stun her and turn Mm -hmm. off the uh, fusion reactor. And that's when Riker notices, hey, this was set to kill. Mm -hmm. And also, she's never had a friend before. So she was speaking her truth. She didn't know if it was real or not, because if anyone would be her friend, this android would be but she never had a friend that's so sad Uh, well we we take her back up to the enterprise and uh riker's pissed and we stop it from blowing up it doesn't (laughs) blow up yeah we we stop the the fusion reactor we beam out of there during a break i think i don't even know and uh riker's like well she's gonna be in trouble right and picard's like let's just let this go we got our hostages we're gonna beam her back right Hmm. she does have to live on a planet full of (laughs) governmental strife <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they send her back and dato escorts her to the transporter room where they actually get notably cold yeah <sighs> she 
gives him a real goodbye. She says, I'm going to miss you. You were my one true friend or whatever she says. She says something nice. He gives nothing but yeah. silence. But we yeah. know uh, in the next scene that he does feel quite a bit. And this is where I come up with my episode that I would write of Star Trek. You ready? Yeah. Yes. O'Brien's perspective. <laughs> Of all the goodbyes. Yeah. It's just an episode of montage of really dramatic goodbyes. I would that like O'Brien. to see it. <laughs> and O'Brien going back to his chamber at the end and just like looking in the mirror and crying because no one ever says wait, goodbye wait. to him like that. To yes and this, it's like shot like drunk history where it's just whiskey laden O'Brien telling <laughs> the story of these goodbyes yes. reenacted by Starfleet members. <laughs> and then she's like, but you're an android. <laughs> And lips move, she but it's his voice him. coming he out. He slaps her back. It's awful. <laughs> oh. I would like to see it. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to get a production budget together. We we're going to hire these same actors. Someone get CBS on the horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't need them. It's a, it's a parody law, which is not a real thing, but we'll go with I'm it. I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> parody law means, please don't sue me. Yeah. <laughs> Fair use. <laughs> Still also not a real thing. Yeah. yeah. From our perspective. <laughs> from our perspective. No, I mean, like, really, it's very wishy-washy. And well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a fuzzy line. Um, yeah. But she states, you know, that, like, some things were true. She wasn't always lying. So, she doesn't yeah. really apologize, but she gives him a kiss and says that there was more to it than just her deception, right? And yeah. in O'Brien's version, she uh, <laughs> throws him out an airlock. <laughs> yeah. Well, she gets a cool line and a gorgeous beam out. Like, the effects that they used her, she is pretty anyway. Ugh. But, like, that close-up with the sparkles, I was like, ooh, that's the way to go. Yeah, that's a, a good beam. She's yeah. a stunner. Um, and we get a, a better epilogue, too, which is we come back to... Uh, or an additional epilogue, which is that we come back to Data and Riker. Commander, could you give me advice on getting dumped? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even read it like that, but I guess, huh? Yeah. Well, it is. It's because, you know, it was that trust thing that we talked about and trust yeah. with risks and friendship uh, and all that. Oh, we thought we were original, but really, Riker says all that at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he does. He does That's something what I was up. talking about. It, those are risks <laughs> worth taking. And... Uh, what a what a great button on that from our beginning too. I love it. And he looks at the crystal, and that's how we end. Um, but the best line we really have to call out, which is instead of like I'm up all night thinking about her, I have a feedback loop in my mnemonic yeah. network. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I talk line. about Katie. She's just a <laughs> feedback loop in my mnemonic. Gosh, Aww. yeah, she's just one feedback loop. <laughs> one you <know>? great <laughs> feedback loop. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow. Well, I definitely loved this episode, not just because of the eye candy, but because of the great acting and story. Uh, that yeah. was wonderful. Doesn't hurt, though. Yeah, it doesn't well, hurt. And we've really struck this balance between there is sort of an A plot, B plot, where it's like down on the planet and this this political strife, and then the crew's turmoil with dealing with uh, Yar on board again. Uh, and it's just woven so well into each other that yeah. it becomes like a really well done story. Without sounding like a broken feedback loop in a mnemonic network, like I think the writers have once done, again done a great job of not making the A and B plots separated. They've interwoven yeah. them so much we don't notice that they're right. different in some ways. Totally. Excellent. What's well, up next? Well, that was Legacy. And next week, it's another one word title, Reunion. In this episode, Ambassador Kalar returns to the Enterprise yes. to advise Captain Picard, who's been chosen as a neutral party to arbitrate the selection of a new Klingon leader, one of whom may be a traitor. 
Dun, dun. Wait, wasn't Kalar the one that got frisky? Yes, you good memory. Kalar is uh, from, I think, s- season two and a, f- uh, uh, a close companion of Worf, as a matter of fact. Oh, mm-hmm. of the frisky persuasion. <laughs> of benefit. All right, well, let's go see some Klingon frisk. You ready? Very. Engage! Oh, what? Good catch. <laughs> 